0: This is Ryan Monso, and this is the Talking About Them Cougars podcast from gocooks.com. See, talking about GoCougs. Uh, I'm joined by Jamie Hollingsworth, who's doing all of our scouting work on the site right now. He's doing a great job. Brad Town should be here. I don't know where he is. Maybe he'll come. Maybe he won't. So, Jamie, Wednesday, or no, Tuesday, U of H beats BYU 75-68. What are your first thoughts about that win?
1: A uh, great road win. Um, I mean, to hold that team under 70 points is just phenomenal. Um, you know, I thought they would likely get in the 80s. Maybe we'd still hold them under their, you know, 90 that they were averaging at home, but mm-hmm. holding to 68 was just wild. So uh, kudos to the Cougs because uh, that's a pretty tough thing to do. What uh, do you think? BYU got frustrated late in
0: the game. Uh, They were getting good shots. Uh, They just, they weren't falling.
1: And I think U of H's defense had something to do with that, but I I still think they were getting good looks. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I mean, they got that inside out look that would have been huge if they could have made that uh, to go up by two. That's a shot that that guy just makes. Um, I mean, I I literally had my eyes closed. I didn't want to see it go in and when I did not hear the crowd go crazy, then uh, I was able to open my eyes back up and see good things that happened. But yeah, that's normally a shot that that guy makes.
0: I thought that was maybe LJ Cryer's most complete game at Houston. Uh, Certainly his most complete in the big 12, Uh, but he played really well. And he was there. He had three daggers in a game, but he, he, Anytime a BYU rally needed to be quelled, they put the ball in his hand, and he he shot him up. I mean, I don't know that he missed any shot that he really needed to hit at any point in that game.
1: Yeah, it was great to see. uh, He was extra aggressive last night, Um, even getting to the paint, you know, trying his little floater. Um, When our guards get to the paint, we're a different team. Um, Emmanuel attacking, getting to the foul line. Um, it just makes so much more of a difference when when the guards get to the paint. But that opens up guys like LJ also. Uh, so we got him a lot of good looks last night. Uh, we had a ton of offensive rebounds. I know uh, this is a weird stat, but Oregon women's basketball, they track offensive rebounds turned into threes. And that was a big stat for us last night. We got a ton of offensive rebounds that we were able to kick back out and knock down.
0: That is a stat U of H collects as well. They called them daggers. Right. Offensive rebound, kicked out, and make a three off of it. Right. We had four of those in the game. Malik Wilson had one. LJ, had, I believe LJ had three. Wow. So, um, I mean, that's a – I don't know in context how big a deal four is, but – it's obviously a difference in a game. Sure. Um, is LJ, was he the one that, that shot the floater, the goaltend where the ball had been coming down for like five feet. Right. And the guy blocked it like, yeah, like, no, sir, that's not <laughs> how that works. Uh, that was, you know, I mean, I was way up in the top of the arena and I, I saw that that was uh, uh goaltending. The no. continues to prove that he is just a fundamental leader, and he is the alpha on this team. And, I mean, everything that guy does just screams to you national player of the year, conference player of the year. Uh, And, you know, who knows how that goes, but you couldn't ask for him to do more than he's done in the last three games.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, as far as national, it's kind of tough for him, you know, with the 7'5 guy for Purdue uh, any other year. I mean, he's right there for sure. And you're just not going to get
0: the shots here that you would get in the same system or in a similar system.
1: Yeah, Uh, but right now he's the guy that every team that we play has circled. Um, You know, you have to slow him down to have a chance to beat U of H. Um, and teams just aren't doing it right now he's on a he's on a different level especially these past couple of games who has surprised you so far in big 12 play um he didn't have a great offensive game last night but j1 uh he's really okay. taking his game to another level offensively and defensively he came up with a massive rebound last night yeah. uh, after it looked like he was injured again but yeah. he was still skied and and came down with a big rebound um so the offensive output that he put in against uh, whoever we played two games ago, TCU, um, TCU,
0: Texas Tech, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He played great in those games, um, but he just does little things that that the common you know fan doesn't see. He just makes big okay. plays, and I think they call him. Uh, how does he affect winning? That dude affects yeah. winning often. So for sure. Yeah, he had 18 or 19 shots
0: in a PCU game. Yeah. And they just fed him and fed him. Right. And, I mean, you know, he got hammered a few times, wasn't called. Right. Uh, I would say Emmanuel Sharp would be my answer to this question. Yeah. I think Emmanuel is doing so much more than he did even a month ago in terms of defense, in terms of rebounding. Sure. Um, Kelvin called him out in the summer – during the – or after the scrimmage, uh before they went to Australia, Kelvin called him out and said, you know, he didn't have any rebounds. He needs a rebound. And Emmanuel took that to heart, and he has worked on that. He has worked on his defense. Uh He's getting thicker and, and muscle, you know, and you can see it. You can see him going inside and, and taking some shots, uh physical shots. Oh, yeah. And But the rebounding, I mean, I think he had nine last night, which was, uh, I believe, the most in the game. Um, But I, I think, you know, he did not have a good shooting night. He hasn't had a good shooting night maybe since Iowa State. Right. But he is doing it for you in so many different ways. And Galen mentioned this on the show last night before I came on, I believe, saying that, Kelvin focuses on if your shot's not going in, put all your focus in something else where you can see the benefits start to accrue. And uh, he challenged uh, Emmanuel during a shoot-around to
1: rebound the ball, and he sure as hell did with nine in the game. It's crazy thinking about – you're talking about – Coach Sampson sitting him down and talking to him before the game, and then you see the output that he does in the game, whereas the last game he had to sit down with Jamal before the game, and then we saw what Jamal did against Central Florida. So I think Coach Sampson needs to sit down with the guys before every game and uh, challenge them. Uh,
0: yeah, he's he knows the buttons to push, yeah. and that's obviously – being a good coach, but also doing it for 35 years. Absolutely. Or 40 years, really. Um, he was on a show cause for five of those. But, I mean, the guy just knows what to do. He knows the buttons to push. And that's why he is paid what he is paid. And that's why the expectations are kind of where they are. Sure. Uh, what
1: have you thought about JoJo in the last uh, three or four games? I thought last night was incredible. Um you know, everybody Why? everybody saw the uh the still and the the ability to the coast to coast Jojo the yeah. to go coast to coast was incredible. But uh no again it's the it's the winning plays. He makes the big rebounds. He made that big rebound, um, I think it was against Central Florida where he just pawed mm-hmm. it out of the air and like it just didn't look like anybody else on the team could could grab that rebound the way that he did. But he just has so much ability. Um Again, I give him kudos to their his high school coach. Uh, I know that they did a good job with him getting him ready, but he's going to be a physical specimen. Um, you know, when I think of JoJo, I wonder what it would be like to see him as a defensive end in football. Like, he's so long and athletic. He would be a nightmare getting to a quarterback. That's, but,
0: that's pretty interesting. That's compelling.
1: But uh, uh but no, he's, he's. But I think this is where the future might be. Absolutely, you yeah. know, he's somebody that you can build around, and um, you know, once he he gets a a shot, um, I can already see the things that he's doing in the paint. Um, he's yeah. he's getting that little uh, hook shot down. Um, but yeah, once he can step out a little bit, face up, and make some plays, it's going to be just incredible to watch.
0: Yeah. Uh, So, let's talk about upcoming. You've got Kansas State Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Kansas State played Wednesday night, 8 o'clock game. And they have the quick turnaround out of Iowa State. So, they have to fly home and then fly to Houston. The same turnaround U of H has Saturday to Monday night.
1: Right. Uh, What have you seen on film of Kansas State so far? They remind me a lot of TCU. Okay. Uh, they're athletic. They've got um, smaller guards that are still really dynamic. Uh, Tyler Perry that transferred from North Texas. Um, he was one of the top guys in the transfer portal. Uh, he can shoot the outside. He can, he's a three-level scorer. To me, the head of the snake for this one is going to be Arthur Kaluma, transfer from Creighton. Uh, super athletic. One thing that impresses me about him is his shot fake. He gets guys off their feet, and then he attacks the rim. And when I say he attacks, he is going in there hard. So uh, the Cougs will just have to be very disciplined when they guard him. Don't just jump at the first you know, fake that he, he gives and make him shoot the outside shot. He can shoot the three. He can make it, but he would rather attack the rim. Uh, so those are the two guys that I would circle if I was U of H. Um, similar to TCU, they have one big guy, uh, Transfer. Um, they're another team that's just built through the portal. But they do have a good post player. Uh, he plays good on both ends. and um, They're a good team, but they are very similar to TCU. They're very beatable.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a potential opportunity for you to overlook a team. Because you have Texas – which is a massive game, Monday night. It's natural for college-age kids to look ahead. Sure. Nobody dreamed of playing against Kansas State. Right, All these guys dreamed of playing for or against Texas. Sure. This is where the real coaching comes in, is getting your guys to focus on this game. Because if, if you don't win this one, then the BYU game doesn't matter. Right. I mean, because you're going to have to win every game in this league at home and pick off two, three, four on the road to win the conference. For sure. And, I mean, you saw how much of a nightmare it was to win last night. It's going to be same way at Texas, same way at Kansas, which means you have to hold serve at home. And I am certain that he's going to do his job in getting them ready but I'm going to go talk with them, uh, the players, and we're going to find out, you know, where their minds are, what the message is, and and see what happens going forward. Right. Uh, you joined this conference in the hope that it prepared you for March. And last night was one of those prep games. You've got more prep games coming up. I think this is the hardest stretch right now. BYU, Kansas State, Texas, Kansas. Absolutely. And I, this Kansas State game cannot be overlooked. You cannot have everybody focusing on Monday, which is a big game. But this game is the most important game this year. Because if you don't win it, the BYU game, I mean, it's just chalk. You know, you can't go win a road game and then lose one at home. It doesn't, right. it doesn't do you any good. Uh, so I think you've got – I assume you have U of H winning over Kansas State. I do. Yeah, 3, 5, 20. How, what you got?
1: Um, What's the margin at the end of the day? Let's go 10 to 15 on this one. Uh, okay. I actually feel really good about it. If they do come in focused, um, I think they will, will have learned from the TCU game playing that similar style. Um, so I, I, listen, this is going to sound crazy, but I think BYU scared me more than any team that I've watched so far, just because one through eight could shoot the three. Yeah. Um, and with the way that we play defense guys can get open shots and they did. did. we just got fortunate that towards the end, they weren't making those open shots, but those are the top type of teams that scare me the most. Everybody sees Kansas. They don't have a ton of shooters. They play kind of more the way that we play. So, um, you know, teams like that, they don't really put the fear into me as much as a team like BYU that they can all shoot it.
0: Yeah. Uh, you thought you were about to get buried the way they started shooting the three. And, I mean, it was like, uh-oh. If the 6'11 guy is making them, then you're in trouble. Yeah. And, but, you know, U of H kept their composure and and played the game they wanted to play. Right. And that's going to be vital this week. I mean, U of H has dominated all three teams at home in Big 12 play. The UCF score does not look like that domination, but obviously they only made seven right. shots the entire game. I mean, that's pretty much <laughs> dominant. Um, but I, I think it's most likely – they I think Kansas State might have an early lead. U of H might not have their heads in it fully. But I think the home team takes over late in this first half and rolls towards the end of that game.
1: I agree. It seems like historically we've struggled a little bit in these early games as well. So I don't know if it's just waking up and getting motivated or what it is, but uh, I, I could see them you know playing with the playing with the Cougs early.
0: Yeah, I I don't those early games. I think are tough on to everybody. You're yeah, just right. not ready to play basketball at eleven o'clock, right? Uh, when I was in Provo, I looked at the schedule ahead to Saturday, and it was. Came to say ten o'clock, and I was like, "What?" But it was because (laughs) I was mountain time. I was like, "Damn!" I mean, even as a fan, you got to be up early and ready to go to
1: watch your team if they're playing in the central time zone. You know, uh, at eleven, I'm not looking ahead either. But, but, but Texas plays at BYU Saturday. That's right. They were making a big deal about that game. Yeah. So that's going to be a quick turnaround for them as well, having to travel back. Uh, yeah, be ready to go Monday.
0: Yeah, I'm interested. I'm going to ask tomorrow. Uh, does U of H keep their normal travel schedule and fly or bus Sunday, or do they wait and bus Monday or fly Monday morning because you know it's three hours away? It's an eight o'clock game. Maybe just keep your legs fresh at home just one more night. We'll see. But I'm curious to see how they're playing that, how they're going to make that happen. So, Jamie, thank you so much. This was fun. Uh, We're going to keep doing these, pop in from time to time. Towns never made it. I guarantee that you know what is sleep. (laughs) So uh, my mother has said he's the number two guy on the cat show. You know, it's Galen number one. And in town's number two. Well, Mom, he didn't make it. He didn't show up. Drop him down a line. Uh, his seating is going to be all messed up. All right. Thank you, Jamie. Appreciate it so much. It. Thank you.